Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everybody, we have news. November of 2024, we are going to Cape Cod, Massachusetts to treat folklore and evermore by Taylor Swift as sacred. I'm so excited to lead this pilgrimage. These albums are such a different space for Taylor, where instead of being about litigating a tabloid narrative that's been created around her and her life and asserting her own perspective, this was about her re- interpreting her own feelings and experiences through fictional lenses. And so we get to meet all of these characters and some of them are like con men who fall in love with other con people. And others are like depressed middle-aged people who are like, if this is the best I can do, (laughs) work with me here. And I am so excited to sort of talk about the kind of art that you get to create when you have privacy and you're free from scrutiny and self-examination. I'm so excited to explore all of that at the beautiful auto camp where everybody is going to have a private 1950s Airstream that's been converted into like a luxury hotel room complete with your own bathroom. It's just like the best glamping situation you could possibly imagine. Which I've just wanted to glamp my whole life. I'm so excited. Everybody, this is going to be November 8th through 11th in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. You can find out more by going to readingandwalkingwith.com. I have noticed about myself that I have much better days if I wake up at 6 and get just an hour of alone time before the rest of the world wakes up and joins me. But I also am someone who really needs eight hours of sleep. So this means that I go to bed at 9.30 in order to fall asleep at 10, which means I'm the first to go to bed in my family, which means I miss out on quality family time. And this is just hard to choose between like an extra hour with Peter or Peter and the kids or friends and like having this really precious hour, hour and a half in the mornings that I feel like grounds me and makes me a better person to hang out with. And I feel like those are compromises that we all have to make. And Lisa is trying to figure out that exact thing, how to raise her kids, how to get all the sleep she needs, and how to hold on to some of her favorite things to do from her pre-mom life. I'm Vanessa Zoltan, and this 
is Should I Quit? Hi, Lisa. Hi, Vanessa. Thanks so much for coming to spend some time with me. I'm very grateful. I'm really excited to be here. So tell me, where are you calling in from? What have you been up to so far today? I'm calling in from the Boston area. So we're very close geographically right now. And today has mostly just been a work day. Uh, Yesterday, my one-year-old was homesick and I did some reminiscent of 2020, trying to work with the baby crawling around by my feet. And today he is at daycare. So I get to actually work like a grown up, which is nice. Do you do anything especially fun or interesting or filling up for work? I do. I'm a science writer. I write about space for a magazine and it's awesome and I love it. Tell me a fact about space that I don't know. Know that I know nothing about space, except that it's where no one can hear you scream. What is a good fact about space to answer that with? So the first time NASA landed anything on Mars, there was a honest-to-God life detection experiment on Mm -hmm. it. So this was the Viking landers in 1976. NASA really did try to look for life. And the results were so ambiguous, and they've been debating them ever since, and nobody really knows what it said. And the, like, fiasco of that, the, like, frustration of not knowing what that experiment said has, like, set the whole, you know, next 40 years of Mars exploration on a different path than it would have been if it had said one way or the other. So they kind of pulled way back and were like, Okay, let's not look for like life life. Yeah. Maybe let's just see if there was ever water. Okay, there was water. Great. Now let's see if there were ever like the chemicals that maybe life could live on. Okay, seems like we've got that. Okay, now and we're still not really looking for life on Mars. And I don't know if a lot of people really know that. Do you think there was life on Mars? Do I think there was ever life on Mars? I mean, I think it's pretty clear that there were the conditions for life on Mars existed once. I don't know if that means there was life. And I think that finding out one way or the other would tell you a lot about how easy it is for life to get going and whether there's likely to be life elsewhere in the solar system or the universe, which is not an answer, but. (laughs) Yeah, that was a very scientific answer. I live with a scientist. You guys really don't like definites. It's annoying. (laughs) But I, I live with a scientist who is also in a choir. And so I feel like you and my roommate have a lot in common. Tell me about what question you have for us? So I came to the show today because I am wondering if I should quit the choir that I've been singing in for almost 10 years. I've actually been singing in choirs since I was eight, and I'm now 36. So that's a very large portion of my life. And it's been my main extracurricular, really. Like I, I used to sing in all state choirs in like elementary school through high school. I sang all through college. After college, every time I moved to a new city, one of the first things I did was find a choir. It's, it's been really important to me. However, three and a half-ish years ago, I had a baby. Mazel and then tov. one-ish year ago, I had another Mazel baby. Tov. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, my first kid was born in October 2019. And I went right back to choir. Like I, I really wanted to make sure that I kept going and didn't like lose the momentum of it and like my, my physical, like I didn't want to get out of shape. 
And we had a concert in March 2020, on like March 1st, 2020, which we were so lucky that that was not a problem. And then everything shut down. And I started going back to rehearsal last fall when my second baby was about six months old. And I am tired, man. I'm just so tired. This is a lot. So I've I've done two concert cycles now. We actually had a concert on Sunday. So you're catching me at an interesting moment with this. And around December, I was like, I don't know if I have the energy to keep doing this. It's just a lot. Yeah. So is there a reason that you can't just be like, do you know what? I'm going to not do choir for like two years till the kids are a little older. I think I'm afraid of falling out of it and not getting back in. Yep. And there are two things behind that. One is my mom and my aunt were both choral singers too. My aunt actually was an opera singer. And then when she was in her mid thirties, which is my age and her kids were little they they were bigger than my kids are now, but like, you know, they were small. She was diagnosed with a rare lung disease and she survived for a lot longer than anyone expected her to, but she was on oxygen for the rest of her life. And most of my memories of her are with, you know, with an oxygen tank. And I think that at some point I had some idea that like, as long as I kept singing, I would notice if my lungs stopped working. And I think this doesn't actually make sense because like she was a very serious singer. It didn't protect her from it, but that that has been something that's that's motivated me. Aside from just like the sheer love of doing it, I've been like, I got to keep doing this so I keep my lungs healthy. And also if anything goes wrong, I notice before it really goes wrong, which might be magical thinking, but it's still, it's still there. Yeah. And the other thing is that this is the only thing really that I've kept from my pre-kids, pre-COVID life that like is just mine, that is just for me. And yeah, I'm afraid that if I do stop altogether and don't do any kind of singing or musical anything. It'll be too hard to start again when my, or I won't know when to start again, or I won't be able to do it at the same level. I'll try out for the same sorts of groups and I won't get in. Yeah. Do you feel like something's got to go? I'm exhausted. I cannot live like this for another year. Sometimes I feel like that. And sometimes I don't. My my choir rehearses from 7.30 to 10 on Tuesday nights. And usually by like 9, 20, 9, 30, I'm like, I need to go. I'm turning into a pumpkin. I need to go home. So I don't know. It, it has been like that, like every week for at least a month. And I don't know if that's going to get much better. It might, you know, my, my kid, my younger kid is one. Maybe he'll start sleeping more normally. Maybe things will be easier next year. Maybe I'll just take the summer off. I don't know. But it's also possible that other choirs end rehearsal at 930 and that would be okay if I could like find and get into another one. Yeah. So this season is going to pass, right? Like one way or another. Yeah. Your kids are going to get bigger or you're going to stop doing choir. Like something is going to change. This is not going to be forever. Right. But your kids are going to go through other phases where whatever it is, they're going to have baseball every Saturday. Do you really give up every True. Saturday, right? The question to me is, what are your values and priorities as far as that? And like, how do you make that decision as a mom? Yeah. So like, what are your thoughts on what you want that balance to be as you're a mom with two kids who live in your house for at least the next 17 years? 
yeah, I had been thinking of it as like just the next couple of years while they're tiny and then maybe it'll get easier to have space for myself, but maybe not. <laughs> I think this is part of what I'm scared of is that if I don't cling to the space that I have already carved for myself, I will lose it entirely. And my mom stopped doing music stuff when, when my siblings were young and yeah, it's just, it was something she used to do that she used to really love and never really got back to. And that's sad. So I don't want to do that. But did she live a life that she loved full of other things? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let me just ask one more logistical question. Is there something else you could give up in your week? Can you sleep in on Wednesday mornings? (laughs) No. (laughs) Is there some, yeah, no. Is there some logistical fix of like, look, I won't be able to exercise, but I'll be able to do choir. And like right now that's more important. Something like that. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't think okay. that's not, not an easy one. Right now it works because I put the baby down and my husband does the big kids bedtime and I slip out the door and I get there just in time. And then I come home and I go to bed and then the next day starts when the baby wakes up and he wakes up whenever he wakes up and and I have to be up then. So yeah, I think the things stopping at 10 p.m., part of it is actually just, maybe that's just the only thing that's so hard and I should find something that just is a little bit less time consuming. For now, maybe I could come back to it. I mean, there are definitely, right, like there are half measures, right? You can hire a voice teacher to meet for an hour every other week until you feel ready to go back to choir and stay up till 10 p.m. Like, There are all sorts of half measures where you still get to engage in this magical thinking that keeps you in conversation with your aunt and you still get to try to make a slightly different decision than your mom and just relate to all of that. Getting private voice lessons is a good idea. That actually could solve the like magical thinking and keeping in shape and maybe even figuring out what kind of music I want to sing next if it's not this big choir, like the big classical works stuff. If that's not exciting me as much as it used to, that's fine. And then not just leave it until something external says, okay, time to re-audition, but remind myself to think about it. That's a good idea. I just think it's okay. You want to still be you. But right now, you're in the thick of mom. Yeah. And, like, that's a lot. (sighs) I wish I could talk to my mom and my aunt about it. I really wish I could get their perspectives on this. Are they both passed? Is your mom passed away also? Yeah, my mom passed too. Yeah. Like a a year before my first kid was born, so she didn't even meet them. I'm so sorry. Yeah, thank you. Do you have a sense of what your mom would say? Hmm. Like, they, maybe not. She would probably tell me it's okay. She would say it's okay to quit? Yeah. Yeah. How would it sound if I was like, twice a year put you put in your calendar a 15-minute phone call with your best friend where you're like, okay, is now when I re-audition for choirs? And you think through, okay, like, I still want a space that's just for me. 
this is the way I want to fill that space that's just for me. I, for a year, met with a voice coach once a month and that felt good. And I used my Tuesday nights to meet up with friends and go on walks. That does sound nice. But I was home by (laughs) 8.30 still. (laughs) And then maybe you can even say, and like, if I say no 10 Mm. times in a row, we take that check-in off the calendar. I think that could work. What I definitely don't want you to do is quit choir and not keep Tuesday nights. Oh, interesting. Say more. Like, it sounds like you've got a routine where you skip out the door and your husband is in charge of big kid bedtime on Tuesday nights. And like, you just want Tuesday nights and then also in bed by nine. Yes. (laughs) But I still want you to have Tuesday nights, right? Like, there's a ritual on Tuesday nights and I don't care what it is. It can be your voice teacher night. It can be a walk with a friend. It can be you go to a bar by yourself and have a glass of sparkling water and read a romance (laughs) novel. Like, I don't care what it is. Like, keep Tuesday nights, right? Like, the only thing that has made choir bad is how late it is. Pretty much. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. And so, like, that's actually the thing you want to quit. The thing you want to quit is having to stay out until 10 p.m. It's being forced to stay up. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, quit that. But then, okay, do I quit this choir and find a different choir that has different rehearsal hours or private lessons that only last for one hour and schedule them Tuesday nights? Or I, I mean, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to schedule your voice teacher time for Saturday morning so you get another hour alone and Tuesday nights are just your nights. <laughs> hmm. Finding another choir sounds like a lot of work to me. You have to audition. You have to look around. The location is going to be different. You have to meet a whole new group of people. My gut would be to find a voice teacher, either for Tuesday nights or not, and then set up the six-month check-ins where you see if you're ready to sort of double-dutch your way back in. Or it's every other Tuesday voice lessons, every alternate Tuesday. (laughs) And alternate them with a romance novel at the bar. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But like this is a season and because it's a season of your life that the ending is a little ambiguous. We have this like stop like option in place where you have this check in with a friend and they're like, "Mm, is now the time? Is now the time? But like embrace the season. I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be a good metaphor, but I'm just thinking like what you're doing is like not putting a coat on in a cold day in May because you're like, it's not supposed to be cold. (laughs) And like, my mom never wore a coat in May. And so I'm not going to wear a coat in May. And it's like, well, (laughs) but it's cold and it's May. Yeah. Maybe you should just take care of yourself in the actual environment that you're in. Yeah. But I, I definitely, I definitely want you to keep singing. I just also want you to go to bed. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Feels it seems so like simple and straightforward when you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> just go to bed, grown up. <laughs> so, Lisa, does that feel doable? Being able to sleep and sing? I think so. My body is telling me what it needs. It needs to go to bed. At least, at least, like, leave whatever I'm doing at 9.30 and get ready to go to bed. So I can find something that allows that. It could be private lessons. It could be another choir. 
which you're right, that does sound like a lot of work, but it's worth considering. Yeah. And I think at some point you're just going to feel the same restlessness about like, do you know what I need? I need a night away from the kids (laughs) and like choir. Or I won't. Or I'll just take private lessons for the next 10 years and feel fine about it. I guess I'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I love this like honoring listening to your body part of it too. Of like my body is telling me what I need. Oh, I guess I'll listen. That's pretty substantial. No, that, yeah. Yeah. I I just want to say that this is also like really emotional. It is tied up in the grief for your mom and your aunt. And yeah. like this is not like, oh, that was so simple. Obviously, I should just sing and sleep. Like it's not simple. Right. That was what what makes it so hard. Yeah. Yeah, and I I wonder even I, whatever. This is me getting like too chaplainy ritually, but like I wonder if there's some way in your heart or in your mind or whatever to sort of dedicate your lessons to your mom and aunt, right? Like just like live that mm. in a really live way so that it's not magical thinking. You're like doing it in conversation with them. That's really nice. <laughs> yeah. I just really hear you about like how important that part of it is. Do they have a favorite song or did your mom have a favorite song? <laughs> At uh, at the Passover Seder every year, they used to sing Go Down Moses in a duet, and that was... I love that song, too. Or the Let My People Go. Yeah. Yeah. If you're getting voice lessons, you said you could practice what you want to sing, right? Like, that could be the first song that you work on. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's up to you now. It's on a choir. It's true. But it was so nice meeting you. You, too. This was great. Thank you so much for joining us, Lisa. You've been listening to Should I Quit, our latest season of The Real Question. Our show is funded through our Patreon at patreon.com slash realquestionpod. So if you're a regular listener, if you're listening to me right now, if you're like, wow, Vanessa's so great, we'd really love your support. It's how we pay me and Ariana. Another way that you can support this show is by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Real Question Pod and Twitter at The Real Q Pod. Our BFF tier patrons who we love are Molly Real, Kristen Hall, Mary Margaret, Becky Boo, Jenny Cruz, Amanda Schramm, Effie Hugh, Shannon Chien, Renee Underhill, and Biddy. Our executive producer is Ariana Nettleman. Our music is by Nick Bull. We are distributed by Acast. Thanks again to Lisa for joining us today. And thanks as always to our wonderful team, Julia Argy, Nikki Zoltanlar, Glass, AJ Uramas, Hannah Rehack, Margaret H. Wilson, Courtney Brown, Casper Turk-Kyle, and Stephanie Paulsell. Hi, listeners. This is Naomi Westwater. You may know me from my previous classes at Not Sorry. I'm dropping into your feed today to let you know about an upcoming course I'm running starting March 17th called Creating Daily Ritual, Tarot as a Sacred Practice. In this course, I will teach you about the history and meaning of the cards in the Rider-Waite-Smith Tarot deck and model how they can be used as a tool for self-reflection and creativity. Through lecture, discussion with your classmates, and solo journaling, I will aim to help you develop your individual connection with tarot, this ancient tool for meaning making. If you're looking to elevate your daily ritual, please join me starting Sunday evening, 
March 17th for six weeks of habit building, learning, and community. Head to notsorryworks.com for more information and be sure to check out our sliding scale pricing and scholarships listed on the website. That's notsorryworks.com.